Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of Law Talks. Today, I'm joined by Shona Roberts, a future trainee at Clifford Chance. Shona grew up not feeling like a typical lawyer, their parents not going to university, and being a member of the LGBTQ plus community. In this episode, Shona discusses the route into law that ultimately secured a training contract. Being a close friend of mine, it's such a privilege to have Shona join us on Law Talks for this interview. So Shona, I was wondering if you could just tell me a bit about your journey into law and why you decided a career in law was for you. So yeah, it was kind of a bit of a mistake, um, a bit of an accident. It wasn't really planned. Um, So I just got this email one day from which university and they were advertising this commercial law internship with um, the Bright Network. And I remember saying to my mum, oh, how cool would this be if I did this? And she was like why would you do that like you're literally you want to be a historian you've always wanted to be a historian like just stop getting distracted and just live on your path and I was kind of like oh yeah fair enough she has a point but then I thought about it and I kept thinking about it and then I started getting targeted ads for it so that's when you sort of know that you're in a bit of trouble um so yeah I got the targeted ads and I just applied and I was like you know what let's just see what it's about and I believe it was it was Slaughter's, A&O, HSF, Sidley and Clyde & Co were like the main sponsors and it was really good because you got like a complete insight into all the different levels of law. Obviously you have the American firms, you had the Magic Circles and you also had like National with Clyde and HSF and we did, on the first day it was like a load of introductions to commercial law and then on the second day you did like a like a sample and it was all on m a and I remember sitting there at the start being like oh this isn't going to be interesting and then I literally had like the best time ever I just loved it you just got to sat like sit there and 
just Google all of these things and just learn so much. And obviously, you know, it's a classic, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like Harvey Specter. But no, it was actually just really interesting. And it really, really took me by surprise. So I was like, oh, no, like, what do I do now? Because it was only a three-day thing. And I was like, it sort of wet my palate, which is a weird expression, but it did. And um, it sort of gave me, like, the insight that I needed, but also, like, not enough. So I then did, like, loads of things, legal cheek, and just started, like, researching into the sector. And I was, like, waiting to find something that I didn't like about the industry. And honestly, I didn't, and I still haven't. And this was about a year and a half ago. So I think that's a good sign that I'm still going, and I'm still like, yes, this is what it appears to be, like, a good thing for me and a good fit. But it did completely take me by surprise. No, that's so cool. And was all of this remote? I know that sounds stupid, but yeah. So this was during the pandemic where you started to get. Yeah. Yeah. So I took I took three days vacation days from work to do the insight scheme. And then everything else was like there's legal cheek hour long webinars. Mm-hmm. And different things like that. And like the legal cheek um, careers fair. Obviously, none of this is sponsored. Um, they were just really good resources and they had like loads of different firms there and obviously I met with the chance there and the rest is just sort of history yeah no that's great and I guess the pandemic kind of added another hurdle into your career in law made things a little less straightforward than perhaps they have been for previous aspiring lawyers but you mentioned there that was your first time with getting to know Clifford Chance what happened from then to you becoming a future trainee there so I again I'm going to mention another platform um signed up to Vantage they're a brilliant organization um who so you just create a profile and that's it and then you kind of just leave it and then all of a sudden you get these emails just come flooding into your inbox with all these different firms saying oh we've got this different opportunity that we think you're eligible for and I remember I got an email from Clifford Chance saying Oh, we're having this webinar on Spark. You should come. We think you're eligible. And this was like the first week of me at university. So I had so much going on. I was like, but no, I think I want to do this. Like, this sounds interesting. And then I went along and listened to this talk, this hour-long talk about Spark. And then I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. But then it was kind of like cool beans I'm now going to go and live my life you know first year university student and then I got another email through Vantage um, from Clifford Chance about Accept which is the LGBTQ plus conference and I was like oh okay it's them again I liked them I thought they had like a good vibe um I'm going to apply for that and I did and I got on and they sent me an email saying I got on to Accept on my birthday and I was like that's a sign good things always happen on the birthday and it's you know I take it it was a good it was a nice little present nice little surprise and then did accept and it was just brilliant like it was unreal and I know you've done it and it was just it's a really good insight to firm in the culture yeah obviously yours was in person mine was online yeah so it was really bizarre because we had like um people from the Amsterdam office people from Singapore so you sort of got this really bizarre this whole like complete insight to the firm and all their different offices just in this one day and they yep. also did these incredible brownies from Lumos Bakery and I really did sweeten the deal and I was kind of like you know what 
this is definitely like, I can see myself here and I feel very comfortable here which was quite it took me by surprise because I was like still at that point no law's not for me like you know I don't look like an average lawyer I don't sound like an average lawyer I'm not I haven't got that that background and except just completely changed that so then I started writing my application for Spark and then yeah briefly can you explain what Spark is because um, a lot of people will have heard of vacation schemes and you know the training contract but from my understanding this is quite a niche work experience placement so could you just briefly explain like what Spark actually is? Yeah so I'd probably say that Clifford Trunk has a lot of niche experiences they have um, access now which is for I believe year 12 students which is obviously quite different um, except is for LGBT students and Spark is, um, it was, when I did it last year, it was with all first years. This year it's changed and it's um, first year law students, second year non-law students. Um, but it's all, it's basically replaced the vacation scheme because Clifford Chance no longer does vacation schemes. So it's a weeks long experience where you just get an insight into the firm and all the different practice areas and it is just, you're bombarded with information in the best way possible. Like it was such a good week and you meet all these fantastic people and you just all sort of like develop together. So you have to do uh, like assessment centre to get on to Spark and then you did a conversion interview after Spark, which is how I got the training contract. Well, firstly, congratulations on the training contract. I know I've said this to you before, <laughs> but that is truly a fantastic it fantastic achievement um especially considering you're only in your second year of university like that is amazing um and on the topic of applying for you know these kind of placements vacation schemes specifically spark in the case of clifford chance and beyond what is a typical application like for one of these legal placements um could you kind of guide us through you know the watson glazer the application stage and any hints and tips you have i know that's quite a heavy question yeah, um, yeah, so I did Spark and Clifford Chance was always my number one and they were always in my head where I saw myself going. Um, so I'm quite fortunate that it's turned out that way so soon. Um, but I have applied to like other firms, so I did Insight Afternoons and Insight Days and workshops for different firms. And for me, all the applications were sort of sort of short to medium long answer questions. So I remember I did a non-law workshop with Freshfields and I had to write 450 words about me and my extracurriculars and how it related to the firm. Spark is 600 words about yourself. Um, Linklaters, I think it was like 200 words about like their agile mindset and how you related to that. Um, there were lots of like different types of things, which I know is quite difficult. And when you're trying to give advice, it's so hard to like tailor it. Um, but the best thing that anyone's ever said to me was look at the key competencies of the firm, which should always be on their like graduate recruitment website. Or if they're at any event, like it's worth asking, what do you look for? Like, what is the ideal trainee and what skills do they have? And I, being the nerd I am, made a little Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and had in one column, like all the different key competencies and then I had like an example that I was going to use in my 600 words. And then when it came to like interview prep, 
I did like another column and that was sort of about how I could like link that back to the firm or like any firm specific experiences that I've had from Accept or any like networking event and I tried to make it like as specific as possible and I just sort of learned that but not really learned it. You definitely do I think you're correct in saying learn like you do have to learn how to write an application it's so different to any essay you will have written at school or yeah different to a personal statement for university it's you know like you say being that specific for each firm it's it's a challenge um, yeah and then in addition obviously some firms require the Watson Glazer uh, which I think our listeners will be familiar with but just in case they're not it's the uh, psychometric assessment which some law firms require you to do in order to get a placement there and a lot of people struggle with this part and I was just wondering how you found it and how you improved at it. So I don't like saying that I hate anything, but I did hate the Watson Glazer test. Um, yeah, it was to such an extent that when like I got the training contract, um, not only did I cry on the phone to, and someone had to ring me back 20 minutes later because I was crying so much that I didn't actually believe them. Um, I was talking to like my friends on the scheme and they were like, oh, well, I might do another, like, I might do a winter scheme so I can just get like more experience and make sure that it's definitely the right firm for me. In my head, I was like, that's a really good idea, but I don't think I ever want to do the Watson Glazer test again. So I was just like, nope, this is it for me. And I, yeah, really didn't like it. But the only way I feel that anyone can get better at it is just to practice it and just practice and practice and practice. And actually understand it like try and know what the different sections are asking of you and because I did I did I was one of those people who brought one of those kits that one of those online kits to help and it did work really well but even when I passed I think I just passed okay yeah it, it's a tough I mean can it be called an exam I guess yeah it's a tough exam yeah and actually, it's interesting that you mentioned you bought one of the online kits, because in my experience applying for vacation scheme and stuff, I did the exact same thing. And yeah. I know many aspiring lawyers do, because whilst there are quite a few free Watson Glazer practices, I personally could only find two or three. I needed a lot more than that to practice. Uh, and this kind of links to a question I wanted to ask you is, do you think there are enough work experience opportunities for young people wanting a career in law? And the reason I link this is because, you know, the fact you have to buy these resources could be a barrier for some young people. Mm, definitely. And I know, like, your thoughts on what more can be done in the industry. Yeah. Well, I did buy one of those packs, but before I brought it, I emailed the company and I was like, this is really expensive. Is there, like, you know, this is so expensive. And then they replied to gave me a discount code. So I always try and do that. That was a, a big, big help. Um, but I think it's really difficult and interesting because earlier you were saying my route was quite different because it was all virtual but then that's also all I've known and I think now it's really interesting how the pandemic has changed things because you've now got so many firms doing like forage schemes and everyone kind of has different opinions on forage of whether it's realistic or not but I think actually if you think about what I did for that insight scheme that I spoke about to begin with, 
and what you do for like the typical forage scheme I think they are quite similar you just don't get that networking element and you just don't really get to connect with the firm but you still do get quite a lot of insight and there are videos from different members of the firm and I think that's probably the future especially as like as I was saying Clifford Chance who no longer have a vacation scheme and part of that is because of Spark but also because they believe in like democratizing access to the profession and the best way to do that is through things like forage which is like a free online thing that the majority of people should be able to access especially like if they're at college they can go and to to their like school and do it there I feel like that's probably the future and in terms of like work experience I think it's really hard because law is one of those things that even when you do vacation schemes it's there's so much like private information that the work you're doing isn't really like real work anyway so it's kind of in a way it's one of those professions that's I think really hard to like understand until you're in it and even now I feel like I don't really know what it's going to be like when I join but that's kind of makes it fun (laughs) yeah I think you're so right and I think most um trainee solicitors I've spoken to have said that every day is different and every day surprises them so yeah like it's an office job but it's not an office job yeah even when you're there I think it's going to be sometimes you might not know what's going on and I think that's just part of the role and like you say that is what makes it so fun um slightly odd question because I guess from what you've described about your route into law becoming a barrister was never really something you considered but the classic question to any aspiring lawyer is you know barrister or solicitor so I was just wondering if you've ever even considered becoming a barrister. Yeah so it sort of goes back to that internship experience I did at the start of this whole journey if you will. Um, They spoke very much about how commercial law specifically was very collaborative and how you'll always be working on a team and how there's like a there's a flat like management system that you can like climb up if you want to but also you don't have to um and it was very much this is what we do as a team we all have different skills we all work together and we all like complement each other so then when I was researching that it never even crossed my mind that like a barrister was a route but then when I did start to think about it and I did think about this question when I was preparing for like all my interviews I was like it just never considered like it never crossed my mind and I think that just shows that I'm just not interested in it at all because it's always like the classic idea of a barrister is like very lonely just sit in their chambers they just work really really hard and what I like about commercial law is that it's business it's politics it's economics and it's law yeah I think you've articulated that so well and it's it is funny because it is the classic question like why do you want to be a solicitor rather than a barrister but actually just because that's the typical cliche question doesn't mean it's going to have been something that everyone will have considered equally just because they want to go yeah like it genuinely never crossed my mind yeah and I think that's a really good insight um and then another strange question but if law didn't exist it just wasn't a thing what career do you think you'd be looking at going into I don't know. That's a really tough one. Um, I think, like I said at the start, my mum was like, you're just going to be a 
just going to be a historian, like go do that, stop looking at law. Maybe I would have looked to have become like a lecturer because I still am really, really interested in that. And probably once I reach my peak in law, I probably will leave and do a master's or a PhD in history because that's just something I've always wanted to do. But then I don't know because I used to do a lot of debating, um, still do kind of, but more of like the organisational side of debating. Um, I, I really don't know. I feel like, because in the sixth form, I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And when I had my gap year, that was kind of a goal that I set myself was you're going to find a career that you want to do. And I think I'm just very, very lucky that I was able, I, I saw that email that one day and applied and got onto this experience and applied and got onto every other experience that I've done. I do feel incredibly lucky that it's happened. And like you say, it happened in my first year and I'm, a, I'm in this very privileged position that I don't actually have to think about it anymore. Like I don't, I don't have to think, oh, like, what if all of this stuff? I mean, when I was like 13, I really wanted to work at the UN. But then I feel like that's just probably every 13 year old. From 13, that is a power move. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, you see my collection of power suits. There you go. Interestingly, um, throughout this interview, you've said, you know, you've just said that, you know, you feel very lucky and you're very privileged. But uh, as your friend and, you know, as a equal aspiring lawyer, I know that it isn't just luck that's got you where you are. It's hard work and determination. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about imposter syndrome. If you feel like it's something you experience and if you have any advice for aspiring lawyers and how they can overcome that. I think there's kind of two parts of it. I do still kind of think it's luck. Like even my interview for to get onto Spark, it was about um, sustainability linked bonds, which sounds very niche, but I'm really interested in ESG and I've done like webinars on ESG. So um, yeah, so it was something that I kind of knew about and was then it played to my strengths and my interests. And like, like I just said, I used to debate in and I used to debate a lot about climate issues and things like greenwashing, which is what we spoke about in the interview. So I do feel like that's kind of luck in that sense, because, you know, who faked or whatever, whatever made my interview on that. I'm incredibly lucky that that was what it was on. And I did feel like for such a long time, even when I was on the scheme, um, that I was just there by luck. And then it wasn't until actually my conversion interview, which was a very interesting experience. Um, The guy, the the partner that I had, he was a partner in asset finance. And I flat out said to his face before the interview really started, oh yeah, I'm not interested in asset finance at all. which was such a risky move, but we did this whole interview on like the principles of a contract and he applied it to like asset finance at a like plane company going bust. And it was halfway through the interview and I just said, oh, yeah, I'm not actually a law student. He was like, oh, OK, you're doing quite well then. And I was like, oh, OK, thanks. And we just had this conversation. It wasn't really until that moment that when I got the training contract 
that I actually kind of started to believe in myself. And even now, like, even when you're like, oh, yeah, this is really impressive. And all my friends are like, this is really, really impressive. I'm still a bit like, oh, but it's just, it's just me. But then in terms of like advice, I feel like it's, for me, it's sort of changed recently because I've just started to own it. And actually, I feel like for quite a while, I was not ashamed because that's such a stupid thing to say. But I was sort of felt like I was in an environment that I didn't feel like I belonged in. And it was actually meeting other people in the environment, going to events where they spoke about things like imposter syndrome and people talking about their backgrounds very honestly and very openly that I was like, oh, okay. Especially at Clifford Chance, there's no such thing as like a typical lawyer. Everyone has these feelings. Yeah. No matter where you are, who you come from. Um, And then to end the interview, obviously you've talked us through all the placements you've done the webinars you've attended, you know, you've talked about the Forage Insight Schemes, everything. You've spent a lot of time dedicating, you know, yourself to a legal career, as well as continuing with your studies. How do you take time for yourself to relax and switch off? I think for an answer more sophisticated than I watch Gossip Girl. Um, I feel like it's such a cliche, but just... I've been so lucky and I've met so many incredible people over this whole journey, like you, um, my like best friend Francesca, all these like really brilliant people. And I find it really funny because I don't really intentionally ever switch off, but then I don't ever intentionally switch on either. Like I've kind of just at a point where I feel like I've burnt myself out so much in sixth form that now I'm just at this point where I'm just like just living and I'm doing things I'm very lucky that I love my degree I love everything that I'm studying all my modules are incredible so I'm now at this point where I don't feel like I'm working because I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and like writing a 2500 word essay on communism can sound like a someone's worst nightmare but I found it really really interesting and I'm really enjoying doing it and I'm enjoying the process and I feel like that's such a big lesson that I've learned recently is to actually enjoy the process because for so long I just viewed university as like a stepping stone to get me to where I wanted to be and I feel that's such a common idea for so many people especially if you don't have like the perfect university experience yeah we've both been affected by COVID and lockdowns and different things like that so it's just that idea of letting go of what this perfect ideal is and just enjoying the process and enjoying the moment because eventually you're going to look back in 10 years time and think oh why was I so miserable for that whole time when actually all these really great things are happening around me and that to me has sort of just taken the whole pressure off and taking that pressure off has not has led to me you know not ever actually switching on or off and just trusting the whole thing and just enjoying myself in every possible moment which sounds really, really cliche, and I'm aware that sounds really soppy. No, if you love what you're studying, or not, you you know, you're not always going to love it, but if you wholeheartedly like what you're studying and you find the modules you're doing interesting, and I'm sure the same applies to your career, then it's not going to be a miserable experience. It's going to be something that's enjoyable. Shona, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.